Cool. All right, well, let's, let's not fuck around here. She's being really goofy today. Do you want to reset this live? <laughs> no, no. You want this? We're going to roll. All right. It's, it's Facebook Live. That's how it's, it's supposed to go. It's oh, is supposed it? to be polished. All right. Well, I read it on Facebook's tips last night. Yeah, yeah. They've got a tip section for Facebook Live. All right. Well, hey, tip one, if you are thinking about Facebook Live, just go with it. Yeah. All right. So, we're gonna do a little interview today on the Steel Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 31. No one's gonna be able to hear that, I should say that louder. This is episode 31 of the Steel Entrepreneur Show. We've got Facebook Live here, we've got the camera there. We are rolling and we're changing it up today. I wanna try and do more interviews with smart people so that I can look extra smart and hopefully he can teach me, teach you a few things. So I'm gonna jump right into it. I don't really have a super good format for this, be very honest with you, but I've got really good questions, I think. So on today's episode, we have Lucas Mattiello. Yeah, perfect. Matteo, I always say Matteo. Yeah, that works. That works? That works, I've been called worse. <laughs> Lucas is a certified personal coach that trains business professionals and entrepreneurs to reduce and control public speaking anxiety so they become more confident mm -hmm. communicators. <laughs> Lucas has worked with big brands such as Microsoft, EA Sports, Toms, and Zappos.com. He's been featured in a variety of big publications like Forbes.com. He's also won a Muay Thai fight in Thailand where they filmed The Beach, the movie. Um, not everybody's heard of that. It's kind of old. He's what I like to call a BFD, which stands for big fucking deal. <laughs> thank you for coming on the show, hey, Lucas. And um, I've got a good show lined up. I, I think the way I approach this, and this is, again, this I haven't done this really before, but the way I approach this is I went and I called some of your buddies. Yes. Yes, I, I know you provided me with some names. I actually followed up. Like, I, I called them. And I don't know, so I'm a little bit worried here. It's okay. <laughs> they're good. So I figured we'd start, um, and I'm going to be reading off this a little bit, so I hope sure. you don't mind, yeah, but uh, we'll do what we can. So I, I figured we'd start with how we know each other. How do we know each other? Mm, Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that while I'm <laughs> drinking coffee. I timed it perfectly. <laughs> Uh, Craigslist, Adam had a, an ad saying looking for friends. And I, I, <laughs> How actually do we know each other? We know each other. <laughs> I, I don't really. I did the research. Okay. Twitter. Okay. April 2012. You, you tweeted me. We, we tweet exchanged. Okay. Yeah. Now it may have, we may have met like a, a little bit before that or no something, way. but it's, it's, it was it's ish. Yeah. It's ish. Yeah. Um, and I, the reason I, the reason I decided to have you on the show first as a first interview, mind you, Danny, you were actually the first, you were, you were my first. Broke him in. <laughs> um, is because you kind of got me on the camera. <laughs> God, <Yeah. laughs> you in got a, me on the camera for the first time. <laughs> in a professional setting, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember uh, I was living at my other place, um, and we were doing your communicate with conference confidence course yep and um 
Well, you, you, you <laughs> we were practicing what I looked like on camera. I remember, and I, I still do, still do this a little bit, but I was soaked. I was so sweaty after that. And even like first episode of Steel Entrepreneur Show, second, third, fifth. I think it was not until like the tenth where I stopped being soaked yep. in sweat. So um, why don't um, I mean I, I've I've introduced you, but do you want to? Explain who, who you are. I don't know that I did a very good job. I think you did a great job. Uh, so yeah, Lucas Matillo, and, and I'll be talking to the camera here because you know me. Yeah. What I do is uh, communicate with confidence and it's for entrepreneurs and professionals that they want to put their message out there but they're nervous so the anxiety prevents them from fully expressing themselves or they find themselves holding back and not seizing opportunities. And the reason how we do this, we put you on video and then we take a baseline and then we build you up from that. But the real secret sauce to it is that myself, I struggled with panic attacks, anxiety for 15 years. I had, a, I had panic disorders, an anxiety condition, and then that limited me uh, from putting myself out there. And then I hit a point where I needed to uh, face that and work with trainers to change my life. I did that, started sharing the message of what I was going through on a personal level, yeah. and people connected and wanted. So there's a lot of options people have for communication trainers, but the difference is that I've been through it from an anxiety perspective, so I know what people are struggling with, and more importantly, I know what's needed to to break through that. Yeah. Yeah. No bullshit. You've been through it. Straight up. I like that. No fluff, no theory. I wanted to start with, um, you, you were you were obviously uh, an anxious person as you described, and I was kind of, I kind of figured it would be helpful to maybe start at like childhood, because obviously something accounts for that, something attributes mm. to that that feeling of anxiety. What was your childhood like? Where'd you grow up? Burnaby. So I'm a Burnaby, Burnaby boy. Burnaby what? Yeah, Burnaby <laughs> boy, city of hustlers. That's right. Uh, I I love I love Burnaby. I'm always yeah. gonna be with it. You know what? I didn't have this. There was no traumatic childhood. No uh, triggers. No. Uh, well, okay. So there was some. Uh, that's kind of unpacked at the time I had a relatively um, I guess you know my parents they've been together for a number of years I got a yeah. sister good Italian family good Italian family grew up you know middle class uh, yeah. area and neighborhood and it was good uh, going back there was a couple things I, I actually didn't find this out till about six years ago when yeah. I started kind of coming face to face with my own um, you know, limitation my challenge mm -hmm. with anxiety and I, I called my mom and I'm like hey did anything kind of traumatic happen to me when you, I was younger you called your mom and asked that yeah Wow, so, I, I don't know that I would have the guts to do that. Well, to preface it, I was meeting with a, a hypnotherapist. Yeah. And she was talking about my anxiety, and I was making progress, I was making improvements, and she asked me, she's like, what happened to you growing up? I'm like, ah, I don't know, I have no idea. She said, call your mom and find out. So I'm like, okay, sometimes you need to, like, someone to just push you to take yeah. an action. So I did, and my mom was like, well, she's like, oh, well, you almost died when you were two. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, what? I, I have no recollection of this. Yeah. And apparently what happened was I, was I was young, I had the flu, I was two years old, and I kept throwing up, and the doctor got to tell my mom, and said, oh, just give him whatever he wants. So she kept giving me popsicles, because that's what I wanted, and I just keep throwing them up. Yeah. And, and I was two years old, and I lost seven pounds, which is a lot of weight for a two-year-old. Yeah, that's like probably 25% of your body weight yeah, at least. Yeah, right, something like that. It's a crazy percentage. Yeah. And it kept going on, the doctors kept telling me, I'm like, oh, you're just a nervous first-time mom, just go back, and they kept pushing her away. Yeah. Immigrant not really assertive and putting herself out there and not, you know, these are doctors, you take their word at face sure. value. And it kept getting worse until my, my aunt just told my mom, like, take him to emergency. So they took me in there, they saw me, they brought me into the, uh, into the emergency, uh, I got isolated, and apparently I was like within an hour of dehydrating to death. 
Fuck. Yeah, so it was, it was crazy. And then my mom said I was there and I kept crying and like trying to, because there was that glass and she couldn't come in and I was yeah, like, yeah. what's going on? And then because I kept crying, they took me and they put me in a separate room and I was isolated by myself. Yeah. And then, so I, obviously I survived, but even at that, there was like this separation, there was questions and it was, one of the core questions I ask my clients is, is the world a safe place? Mm-hmm. And from that perspective, it could have been that uh, the world is not safe. So that hmm. that could have been one of the main triggers. Because other than that, it wasn't. You know, do you think that that kind of stuff can can stay with you that long? Can you do you think? I mean, I, I don't really know anything about that sort of thing. You know, I'm not a, uh, a top uh, psychiatrist <laughs> or psychologist. What, what I will curious. say, though, yeah, you know, for for my personal opinion, is yeah. is there's fear. So even with even my clients in public speaking. Oftentimes there was one situation, one fear yeah. that happened years ago, and then it's that fear of humiliation or whatever, the rejection, and that keeps perpetuating and holding people back. So, I mean, it could, definitely yeah. could be. Interesting. I wanted to, um, I wanted to ask you because this, I was looking for you were an, you were an anxious guy, but all the stories that I know of you and all the stories that. Um, that people keep telling me about you when I ask, they're like the opposite of anxiety. Yeah. Um, I, I hoped you would share the, the story of the Muay Thai fight in, in Thailand <laughs> and, and how that came to be. That happened because Matt, so one thing I do want to take a step back yeah. and address that. Sure. So extremes, you talk to people in extremes and so I had the anxiety and the panic attacks, but then when it really came to a head was in uh, grade nine wrestling. I kept getting these attacks and I'd run out and I'd throw water in my face. I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm going to die. Yeah. But I was embarrassed to tell my coach like, hey, something's happening to me. I think I'm dying. And so it brought this fear. And what happened was I started creating this kind of armor. And you know, sometimes you, you're a little embarrassed. You're not sure how people are going to receive it. So you fake it. And yeah. so a lot of my life was taking actions that were the opposite of how I was feeling. So if I was feeling you know, anxious or insecure, I would do actions to kind of go the opposite or I would tell people. And I liken that to like I was building this armor to keep people away. Yeah. The downside is you keep people away and you can't be yourself. True enough. So you create this fake persona to, to keep distance. Yeah. So that, that was something that I just adopted and did over years to, you create stories, right? Okay. Yeah. And so how did that, so that sort of um, facing extremes, how does that relate to the Muay Thai uh, fight and just I want I want to hear about it so, from the source. Yeah, I, I've heard a couple <laughs> versions and I want to hear the real deal. So so the Muay Thai. What happened was I was with Matt Astafan. Yep, you're traveling in Thailand. We're in Thailand having a good time. We were at uh, what was the island? Phi. Yeah, Phi something like that. Kopi P or something like that island. Yeah, okay. We were there and it was a great time. We were walking and then I kept bugging Matt. I'm like, yo, I want to watch some kickboxing fights. And then we walked by and there's this bar and it says Muay Thai bar. And so we just finished eating dinner. Yeah. And we walk in and, and as we walk in, we're sitting down and the waiter comes over and he sits down. And he's like, okay, so uh, which one of you guys is going to fight tonight? Who's going to fight? And I, I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you fight in the ring. And we walk into this bar and there's this massive full-size ring in the middle. Yeah. And it's just bleachers, like probably two, three hundred people in this, in this bar. And Matt being Matt. Yeah. goes yo he's like he'll fight anybody line him up <laughs> and i'm like what, are, what are you talking about he's like yo he'll kick anyone's ass this is and i'm like oh, i know he's like okay okay he's like you know we'll, we'll line you up we'll get and i'm like what and so we sit down we order drinks and the guy comes back and next thing you know this he's bringing this dude up 
and he goes, okay, so are you going to, he goes, this, you want to fight him? Honestly, this guy, so I, I have a background, a little bit of background in, in, in some martial arts yeah. and some Krav Maga, some fighting. And this dude, I was like, oh, it wouldn't even be fair. Plus, I didn't know what the context was. So you didn't I want to hurt him. <laughs> it would have been bad. It would have been ugly. But this other guy, so I wanted to see a fight. So one fight goes on and they bring this other guy up and he's this, this dude happens to be from Edmonton. And he starts talking. He's like, I go, what's your back? He's like, I do, I do Muay Thai. I do CrossFit. I do all this stuff. Shit, and I'm like, shit, shit, all right. Shit. I'm like, Let, let's go. So I'm like, how much do you weigh? We weighed about the same. I go, oh, really? Let's go. Crazy story. So you were good to go. Well, I wasn't good to go, but I was committed. I was in this <laughs> I would corner. I listing off, I do Muay Thai. I, yeah. I would be shitting myself Absolutely. at that point. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, he was the first Canadian we'd met. And I'm yeah. like, first Canadian, I want to fight this guy. <laughs> and so we're sitting there. And the crazy part is, you go there. And the ring's happening. You sit down. They give you a pair of shin pads. Yeah. And uh, and headgear and gloves. Yeah. No jock, no mouth guard, <laughs> and you're literally changing right next to the arena. So I'm I'm putting my gear on. I'm like taking off my shorts and my underwear, and everyone's watching me. And I'm sitting there, and then he's got this like six person crew that's right next to the next <laughs> to the entrance, and they're all eyeballing me. And I walk up, and I'm like, I will ask go, you know, is is your buddy tough? And, the, and this one guy turns to me, he's like, bro, he's like, you fucked up, man. He's, he's, he's angry. He's waiting oh, to kill no. somebody, bro. He's gonna, he does MMA, he does this, he does that. And I'm like, oh, no. I started freaking out. Thinking, like, there's, there's like 300 people watching this. I'm going to jump in the ring and do three rounds with this guy. Yeah. I don't want to get, you know, destroyed. <laughs> so anyways, I started feeling really anxious, as yeah. one would expect. But I walked in, and I think it worked against them because I walked in there, and I turned to the mat, and I'm like, yo, i got to take this guy out quick. I'm like, i got to drop this guy. Because I was like, there's only one way this is going to go. But we went, and honestly, we started. I went in, and as soon as I felt his power, he threw a couple kicks and punches. It wasn't anything that I hadn't experienced at the gym. Yeah. And as soon as it happened, it's funny, like psychologically, it shifted, and I just started firing at him, and I ended up dropping him, like, was, I think 18 seconds in. He went down and then he got up and then just worked him for three rounds and and then I was just, I was just cocky I was having fun <laughs> and yeah that was that was the match but literally I was like all bloated we just finished eating dinner I'm like I'm, I'm not prepared for this and and so you took him down I remember I think Matt was saying when I was speaking to Matt or, um, yesterday he was saying that he was um, what do they call that like he was in the corner yeah he was in your corner he was. and I remember he was saying something like um, he he had, <laughs> I think he's taking credit. Where credit is <laughs> not course. due. Of course it is. Of course <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, I think he's, he coached you and he said, um, the, guy, the guy keeps kicking. What I want you to do is when he kicks, I want you to punch. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> apparently, um, you know, he, he, he says, you know, with his coaching, he turned the whole thing around. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> I would have got destroyed otherwise. You know, but the biggest thing that I took away from it, yeah. so we, we do that, I get the medal, I get the win. Yeah. Um, and I walked out and it was like, this is so indicative of kind of the progression in life from an anxious guy to walk into a situation, which was a high pressure. I didn't want to get sure. dropped. And I was, you know, they, they build it up. The Dude, guy you're saying, in Thailand. If you get like yeah. dropped or you like, like get a broken ankle or something, that's going to be a very bad situation. Absolutely. So all these elements, and it was about facing it, but it wasn't, it was never as bad as I thought it'd be. And so then I kept thinking about this as being like a metaphor for the world. Like how many opportunities do people have? Yeah. And then the fear stops them from taking it. But after, we sat down and we were just sitting there. And then all around, you start hearing people say like, oh, yeah, well, I'll go in there and I'll fight. And I'll do it. But nobody did it. Yeah. And so as an entrepreneur, and you can respect this too. It's like how many people talk and they say what they'll do, but they don't step in the ring. 
and bang it out. Do you think you would have, um, do you think you would have still done it if you didn't have that, um, that, that background or some background? Cause I, I know like if I got in a tussle now having a year and somewhat of jujitsu under, uh, under my belt, I guess. Yeah. Um, I know what that, I know what it feels like to get, I, I know what it feels like to spar. I know what it feels like I've competed once and like, I kind of know, I recognize that intensity and it, I'm not afraid of it so much. Did you find that you were better equipped for thousand, it? thousand percent. Yeah. If, if I didn't have that background, no way I step in that ring. Hmm. I also, I have a personal bias. I feel that everybody should do some type of martial arts or training. Yeah. Like, cause it's when I started doing that, I, it wasn't that I was walking around the streets going like, Oh, I'm looking to get in a fight. Yeah. But I was walking around differently thinking if I got in a fight, it wouldn't be game over. Absolutely. Right. I'm not yeah. looking for it, but I'm, I'm not worried saying like, Oh, I hope nothing happened. Like, All right. If this happens, I'll probably be okay. Yeah. So it's like that safety element. Too. I remember when I first started, I would, I was walking home. I mean, through gas town, it's really not yeah. that bad, but there are parts of it that are kind of seedy and it was like Hastings and Carroll, you know, that area. Mm -hmm. So I was living there at the time. And, and so I would run through my head. Okay. So if, if, if this happens, what do I do? And so I just run through my head and it just, it just felt so much different than being sort of the other way, being sort of on the, the defensive, I yep. suppose. Yeah. This, hmm. you know, this comes down to, not to bring it back to what I do with confidence, yeah. but it's all applicable because at its core, you want personal safety, self-defense, confidence, putting yourself out there. It's when you have some tools and techniques yeah. to fight back, the biggest factor is when people feel helpless, you have no control, that's when you're living in a state of high anxiety. But when you know, oh, this is gonna happen, I gotta do this breathing technique, or I would do this move and that move to get out of the situation, your entire world changes because the, the lens you view it is different. It's not from a place of fear. It's a place of, I, I have the ability to adapt yeah. to the situations that come up. Was level up living, was starting level up living another sort of extreme for you? It was another pushing it to the extreme and living that extreme? Yeah, well, so level up living, I don't know if you even know this, but it was never a business. It was a project. It was or a blog. It? it was a blog. Ah, okay. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was a blog. It was a project that I took on. Yeah. So even for myself, I went through a progression. I started off as the voyeur going into panicsurvivor.com and, and reading message boards of seeing other people with panic disorder yeah. and realizing, oh, I'm not alone. Like that was a game, but I was doing it with a fake name. What? Mike Jones. That was my fake name. <laughs> no, yeah. Mike Jones. Because I didn't, yeah, even <laughs> on a message board, I didn't want to be identified. I don't want to be. So yeah. my progression went message board, fake name. Yeah. And then it went to real name, message board. Yeah. And then it went to starting a blog using my name and putting it out there. And, and then what happened was I was sharing my story and people started connecting with it. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I, I feel like that way too. This is helpful because it's real. And this is what I've been through. So you can help me. So it was when, do, do you think that that opening up and feeling so the response that you were getting back, like if you hadn't gotten that response back from people, do you think you would have ended up starting Level Up Living? Uh, if you hadn't opened up, I guess? No, it wouldn't have happened. No. It, because what happened, there's, there's steps to this. I always talk about compound confidence. It's like layers, you build it up. Yeah. So you have to incrementally start out. So for me, it was the message boards to, blogging under my own name cool 
And then it went to, uh, I had people reach out and say, hey, I want to work with you. And it's my own internal dialogue. Are you good enough? Are you qualified? You can't yeah. do this. And then say, yeah, you take it. You get some wins under your belt. So even from that, it was about putting myself out there. But you have to blog it. When I started blogging, it's like a thought, like I was losing my mind because I'm putting this blog out and no one's engaging. And so that's, I think, where people get stuck is without that validation, if you're not doing it for yourself, then, then you're not going to make it because you're not going to get that validation right away. It's true. Did you, um, sort of at what point, if you remember, did you develop or have you developed um, your, your why and, and what, what is that why? The why, for me, it's, the, it's been the same from the beginning. Yeah. So I was in this career exploration program. For me, why I created this was I was thinking back to when I was 14 years old and struggling with anxiety and panic attacks and I was afraid. I didn't tell anybody because I was so self-stigmatized. Shame, embarrassment, anger, confusion, all those elements. I'm looking at it going, what was or what would have been a video or a website or something that if I had seen that, I would have said, oh, there's hope. Because I got into a huge argument with my business. Uh, I was in a business startup program with uh, my mentor there because she was saying, what do you sell? I go, I sell hope. And she's like, hope's not real. And I'm like, look, when you are at the bottom, hope is all you need. Because mm-hmm. I, I nothing else matters. If, when you're a place of darkness, if you don't have hope, you're stuck or it's game over. And that's the thing yeah. I feel that a lot of, a lot of people are overlooking is you gotta shift it from hope. It's not about the, the end and you know, the finish line. It's about how can we move from the bottom to start moving forward and yes. hope's the element. I can 100% uh, I 100% resonate with that. I remember when I was moving from my, my um, previous relationship into um, my new one, there was, there was um, a period where I was, I mean, there was a whole bunch of other shit going on, but I was at it like low, 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 low. And um, there, I mean, it's a long story, but, but um, my, my fiance, uh, she, she gave me that hope. She gave me the hope that, that I could be better, mm. that I could do more, that, um, that I could be uh, a, a good partner to somebody. And it was that, I think that hope was so well-placed at that time. Like had that not been there, I, I don't know what, where I would be today. And it was just, it just happenstance. It just, it just happened to be there. And I grabbed hold of that and I just, I ran with it. It just, it gave me like just some, some sort of temporary yeah. purpose 100%. just to get me to the next little bit of hope or whatever yeah. it might be. Word. Yeah. That's it, cool. I find people overlook it because yeah. they think that it's like, I need all the answers right away. You just need that sliver of control. Give me that sliver of hope. And that's enough for you to take that one small action in the right direction. And that creates that cascade of effects and actions that are going to happen. But it's when people stick with their no hope, it's like, I need to go from this to do a 180. Not going to happen. But can we go from a, a zero to a 0.5 yeah. to a one and start incrementally moving up? That's what's needed. Danny and I were just talking about that, uh, that earlier. By yeah. just, you know, not, instead of, you know, if you're not working out right now, this is kind of a, yeah. a, a polar opposite example. You're not working out right now. And you don't just go work five days a week. You go, don't just go to the gym five days a week, wake right. up at 5.30 a.m., et cetera, et cetera. You do once a month mm-hmm. or you do once every two weeks or you do once a week mm-hmm. and do that for a month yep. and then maybe add a second and then so on and so forth. That, that is 
worked so well for me when I can listen to it. Well, that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at listening to that, but nah. I like to, um, remember we, we talked uh, a while ago about scars. Mm-hmm. Remember we were yes. talking about scars, scars are sexy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Do you have any entrepreneurial scars that, that you can share? I have many. What are yeah. you looking for? I don't know. Something we can, can learn from and feel good about. <laughs> yeah, let's see here. You know, that that's the thing is that so many good entrepreneurs take themselves out and they fail. Yeah. But when you look at it, they haven't even they haven't even taken that bat to strike out yet. Like, the, so for example, there's a lady I met about a year ago at a training. And she's telling me about this, you know, she, she left her corporate job and started a business and she's like, oh, it just never really, it never gained traction. I'm like, well, what, what exposure work did you, like, how did you get your message? Oh, she's like, I didn't, I was just nervous to do that. Right. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. So totally. she's like, I feel like it's not meant for me. And so I went back to my corporate job and she's like, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I don't have what it's, what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And, and I looked at them like, well, you haven't really failed because you didn't really try. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you said you were. But entrepreneurship is about getting kicked in the teeth and then coming back. Like that, it's not it's not an option. That's mandatory. And I feel <laughs> that even so scars. I remember I shared the story just earlier. It was with a past client. Yeah. One of my first talks was at Internet Masterminds with Matt Astefan's meetup group, and yeah. I went there. Happened to be the one night that Matt wasn't there. One, I arrived uh, cutting it close to the deadline. I was borderline late. But you're so punctual. Yeah, I know. It's uh, it's uh, such a deviation. I know. Yeah. That's one. <laughs> Two is I didn't have the technology. So I'm sitting there. I got my laptop plugged in. And I didn't know how to how to uh, set the, the dimensions to show up on the screen. So we had a projector screen. Test your tack. So they're, lo- <laughs> yeah. so they're looking at it. And it's just like the slide. You know when you have that baseline? It's like the slides. So you just like slides six slides and then the window here yeah and i didn't know how to make it full screen so i did my entire one hour talk going up and pressing it and you see the fucking thing going down this way and it's this small image yeah and i did a one hour talk and i was there it was being positioned as like the secrets to be the best public speaker ever <laughs> and, I, and i walked out i got my car i called matt astafan and he's like yo how'd it go and i told him like dude the thing didn't work the powerpoint blah blah it was a disaster, and he just broke out laughing, which was not helpful. <laughs> no. I was devastated, and he's like, "Dude, that's hilarious! That's hilarious!" I'm like, "It's not funny, dude." He's like, oh. "He's like, you will after." Yeah. But then he sat back, and, and this is actually really this is very. It was a huge game changer for me. He's like, "You know, Luke, I think we're positioning you wrong. We're positioning you as this guru of public speaking, and you're not. What if we positioned you as a guy who had panic attacks?" Right. You, you did that, and now you're speaking public. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you mean the truth? Yeah. Like, that's exactly... Honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, being authentic. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be a lot more powerful because people connect with it. They go, oh, I have anxiety about this too. And then if you can do it, then I can do it. The next night, I talked at another meetup group, and it was completely different. Yeah. I walked in. I was aligned. I had fun. I was smiling. I was engaged. And the feedback was completely different. And so the big takeaway was, is like, I have to be congruent with myself and authentic. The moment I did that, when I was trying to be somebody else, it failed miserably. But literally that day to the next day, and it took having that setback to really turn around and go like, what am I doing? And how much easier is it to talk up there with all that pressure 
when you ever, you know everything because you're just talking about your life. Totally. Like that's not difficult. It, you know it already. You don't have to study any notes. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's absolutely beautiful. Huh. And you can speak with conviction because that's real. Yeah. You're, you're not looking at textbook theory. You're saying, this is what I did. This is the result I got. Yeah. Like if there's anything, it's just about fully embracing your authenticity. I use the term uh, unapologetically authentic. Like, I'm not going to apologize for who I am. This is who I am. This is what I went through. This is how I'm showing up. If you like it, great. Let's do business together. If you don't, there's other options for you. Mm-hmm. And that's best for both of us. Yeah, that's yeah, why no, we're the best clients. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. There's, a, there's a question that um, I think I feel, I feel like I've asked you before, but I, I always like hearing it. Okay. Um, and they ask it on like every fucking podcast ever. But a typical day in, in your life from wake to sleep, I guess. What, is, what does that look like? And, and I'd like you to focus specifically on the, um, I, I love the stuff in the middle, but I'd like you also to focus specifically on the first couple hours in the morning and the first couple hours, or the last couple hours of the day. Yeah, okay, so morning meditation's my go-to. Okay. If I meditate, get up. What kind of meditation? Just have a bolster. So yeah. I roll out of bed, Yeah. I got my water bottle. I go there, I slam a bunch of water because people dehydrate overnight. Yeah. Slam water. Go get my bolster, which is laid out, put on the ground. What's a bolster again? It's like a big cushion. It's a block? Okay, Yoga, okay, yeah, big yeah, cushion. Yeah, I've seen those. I sit on it. Yeah. Put it down, I sit on it. Get the timer, 20 minutes, put it down. That's how I start my day. Any apps? No. No, just... Just a timer. It's, yeah, I don't even... Any chance? Any... No. No, just, just peace and quiet. 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 Cool. I, I recharge. And so, I sit there... Or you just slept. I know. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I get standard. Whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standard. Do that. Uh, that that's the start, and then from there, uh, go have a coffee, start my day. Yeah. Get to where I, I work from home typically, yeah. which uh, I have a love hate relationship with. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. So that that's the the morning. Uh, another big one too, though, is that around noon I do twenty minute yoga nidra. So I, What's that? Relaxation. It's like a guided meditation. Okay. That's how I recharge midday. Yeah. So I, and do you go somewhere for that? Nope. Uh, YouTube. I type in yoga nidra. There's a track. It's like twenty one minutes and change. Yeah. Put it on. Lie on the floor, set the timer for 25. So it's a guided meditation? Yep. Yeah. Put it on, boom, hit it. 25 minutes so that I don't fall asleep. Lie down. Every day, do that. That's my recharge, midday. Okay. And then end of night, this is the key. I, I, I don't eat past 7. Like that's okay. Typically Why? Uh, just so that at night, so I'm not digesting food, so it's yeah. easier to go to bed. But then two is Your I body put, is not in overdrive. Totally. Going to not, sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's recharging. Okay. And then I'll, I'll cut off uh, phone stimulation an hour before bed. Okay. Phone, anything else? Just phone or Phone, any... lower lights. Laptop? Yeah. No, Where's... no, no, all the blue light, man. Okay, so anything <laughs> with blue light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Avoid all that stuff. Okay. Any reading an before hour. bed, anything? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It depends okay. on my mood. So you just kind of chill, slow down a little bit. Slow down. Typically, I'll go to yoga class at night, take the edge off, and go. What time do you go to bed? Mm. So you stop eating at 7. Yep. I'll go to mm. yoga's 8.15 till about 9.30. Walk. So you go to yoga again? I missed that. No, no, yoga nidra. That's just, that's just like a nap. That's like a oh, twenty okay, minute. Okay, that's okay. a twenty minute gotcha. recharge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I go to class. I go to a lot of yoga classes. Yeah, this is clear. This Holy is true. Smokes. Yeah, yeah. I have an addiction. <laughs> uh, so we're sitting there, and then um, yeah, I'll come in ten, ten thirty. Okay. I like to get in bed. My whole thing is in bed before midnight. Mm-hmm. After that, it's just diminishing returns. It's not. It's, yeah. It's not the next good. morning isn't great. That's right. I'm not at my peak state. Yeah. When do you wake up in the morning? Hmm. I do no alarms. That's the thing. 
No, I like that. I, That's bold. So you, then you you for, can't book any early morning meetings then. Well, or do you just have like a mental? Well, I, I'm clock. not sleeping in until nine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like nothing before nine is typically going to happen. Yeah. So if I have a nine o'clock, I got to be okay. I'll set an alarm there. It's oh, a but, beautiful thing. But that's the thing. It, it's it hit me about a year ago. I'm like, why am I using alarms? I go on a turn. I'll get up, and I'm gonna, I'm just going to trust that I'm going to wake up when I need to wake up. Dang. And it's an exercise in letting go. Yeah. So I've been doing it for a while. That's a beautiful thing. That I mean, that's. On the weekends for me is I, I make sure, no, I mean, that's probably for everybody, but like on the weekends, I don't set an alarm and it is a beautiful thing. Why not too. during the week though? Well, for one, my fiance has to <laughs> wake up with an alarm. So, <laughs> so she it's has a very to valid go. reason. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Well, that, that, that kind of makes up, actually, there's one other thing. Yep. I mean, I've got some like random questions sure. for the end, but one of the things I was looking at your website and one of the things that, that, that stood out the most to me and really you got you got to bring that up to the top of the, the <laughs> website, man, because yeah, like, so you're just, you, 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 you don't brag else. enough. Yep. You've, like I mentioned at, at the start, you've worked with like groups like Microsoft and Zappos and EA sports. Like these are big BFD companies. Absolutely. How, how did you create those relationships? Like I, I certainly have not worked with companies like that. I wouldn't even know how to fucking approach companies like that how, how did that happen it, it's gonna sound uh it's probably not the answer you want to hear <laughs> well i but just want an answer it's true yeah they reach out to me oh, so that wasn't the answer yeah. I, was <laughs> you know, I was looking for the five step yeah plan. <laughs> the five step to reach out and say yeah. blah 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 blah. but how did they find you then well here, here we have something for you it was SEO? Sure, yeah. Uh, so he could take credit for that. Yeah, it's lame. That's not lame. That's amazing. No, no. This I, guy's talking about bragging. <laughs> so Adam did my SEO okay. years ago, and I've been collecting leads for years now. Do you think it was... I, I tend to think it has at least equally to do with you putting yourself out there. Like, I mean, sure. I, I, we haven't shared a stage, but you have been on stage after stage after stage yeah, after stage. Absolutely. I have to believe that a big percentage of the, that, possibly even those ones, and I would suspect probably a good percentage of those big ones, maybe they, they saw you on a stage and they're like, Matt, For sure. Lucas, Matt Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> and they looked you up in, in Google and then sort of went from there. Is what, I guess. Referrals. You know, it's How referrals. do you get on all those stages? I mean, if that, that if that's a part of this, and I'm sure it is, yeah, how, sure. Do, how do you make that happen? Well, I think if we take a step back to how do I get stages? How do I? The one thing is I'm really specialized. Yeah. And and for me that that's been a key is when I'm if I'm competing in public speaking, who cares? Yeah. Even with my training, people come in for public speaking. You're getting personal development as well. Yeah. And those two are. It, it, it's like if you can speak to one person, you can speak to hundred people. Mm-hmm. You the individual. You think so? Hun- a thousand, what's missing? I don't know. A hundred feels like a much bigger deal than, say, one person. Okay, but as from a technical standpoint, it's you speaking words to an individual. If it's one or a hundred, what difference does it make? I suppose technically it, none. Technically, there's none. It's, it's not like someone's coming up with a gun and saying, you better not talk in front of that big group. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. What is missing and the obstacle is yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the individual. It's going to be fears. If a hundred people are staring at me, how am I going to look? Am I going to mess up? Is it going to, you know, am I going to sound stupid? Uh, am I going to be exposed as not having the information that people think I have? Yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. internal fears. Granted, there's some technical side. Sure. How do I put my body? Where do I look? Yeah. How to put my content? That's the easy part. The hard part and the real aspect 
is the individual. It's your anxieties. It's the fears. It's the insecurities. It's the stories. And so that's what we have to work on. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like I'm not, I'm not doing public speaking. You want to look for that. People look, up, look at that. Cool. That's fine. There's a lot of options. You can come to them. Come to me. Whatever. But if you want to talk about the anxiety of putting yourself out there or a lack of confidence, that's where I specialize. Mm-hmm. So how I get in those fields is I've been very specific on who I work with and the problem that they're facing. Yeah. I know that issue inside and out because I lived it and I've worked with hundreds of clients in the exact same vein. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I get on it. I say, hey, look, you know, do your people lack the confidence to put themselves out there? Yeah. I don't say, hey, this public speaking is something they want. Because the reality is a lot of entrepreneurs or business professionals, they're never going to speak to 100 people. But maybe their, their confidence, I was at TELUS yesterday, at the boardroom, people clam up and don't share their ideas. Or as a leader, they're not putting themselves out there fully. They're afraid to, to step up. Or they're not self-promoting to get that, to that, get that career advancement. So not, it doesn't have to be it doesn't public to, speaking. It can no. be a, a, everyday situations. At, the, at its core, it's communication and it's confidence. You're communicating. If it's one person or a thousand, yeah. it's the same thing. The, the X factor is if you are free and liberated to be yourself, that's what matters. Boom. Right? Like so, so to your point about how do I get on stages, it's because I have a very specific problem that I solve. Mm-hmm. And people seek you out to yeah. solve that. If you're problem. looking for the technical aspects, yeah. the right words, the copy, go somewhere else. You're not my market. Yeah. If you're looking for how do, how do I deal with this fear? How do I overcome this fear of putting myself up? Terry, a realtor. I just met with him before I came here. Yeah. I saw him. I put him on, on. He's a realtor. And it's all going video. That's how you stand out. I saw his videos. He's stiff as hell. He's yeah. stiff and robotic. His, uh, his wife brought me in. She's like, he, he, what happens to him? He, he changes. And I'm like, yeah, because he's afraid to put himself out there. He's too caught up with the professionalism, mm-hmm. looking professional. I don't, and so that's what we, literally we went there, we broke through, had him having more fun, smiling, putting himself out there. It's yeah. a new person. Huh. That's a beautiful thing. I've got, um, and we're, I don't want to take up too many, much of your time. We're already at, what, 40 minutes, something like that? Minutes, yeah. Okay. But I do have some, what I think are some pretty good questions All right. that, um, that are, I'm going to get a lot of value out of. So it's a bit of it's a bit selfish. Perfect. How do you develop and maintain your motivation? Getting outside of myself, uh, developing, motivate, and cultivating, uh, developing and maintaining motivation. Yeah. In the beginning, and I think there's an entrepreneurial journey. In the beginning, for me, yeah, it was fueled by anger, and proving people wrong. You were fueled. One hundred percent. Interesting, okay. 100%. I think yeah. anger for myself, I can only speak for myself, was a very powerful yeah. thing. I think it's a powerful thing to keep you going. You know, like when, when you are having trouble, that, that fear of totally. failure, that, that, that anger that I don't want them to think I'm a failure kind of thing, that I remember that pushing me because the, the last thing I wanted to do was, was to have to face my friends, to face my family, and said, this, this didn't fucking work out. Yeah. Like, that would have been the worst. Sorry, I interrupted so, well, you. Well, no, so <laughs> there's two sides to it. So one is the, the anger of also, yeah, so what is it going to cost if you yeah. don't? But then the other thing is, who is, who are you doing this for? Who's mm-hmm. your motivation? And it has to be outside yourself. So I look at this two parts. One, for me, what am I going to get? What's it going to mean for me to take these actions? Yeah. But then two is, what's the trickle-down effect for other people? 
So I remember a time I was in, in Spain, in Ibiza, and I was facing a fear of, of a crowd. And years ago, I would freaked out and ran out of the club. I just had a huge panic attack meltdown. It was one of the worst nights of my life. Yeah. Three years later, I went back. I'm like, I'm going to go back in the party, and I'm going to sit right in the middle of the dance floor, and I'm going to embrace it. And I went in. I was overconfident. It was good. And then I got really packed. And then I went, huh, and I, I went to the lobby, and I sat there. And the one thing that came up was I was thinking about my clients and my YouTube subscribers. As crazy as it could sound, I thought, sure. if I don't take this action, I can't do the video showing them and leading what, what I'm telling them to do. Yeah. And so that was the motivator outside of myself. And as I progressed, I was doing those actions. But the one thing that I observed was about a year ago was that anger, the anger and the proving other people wrong, it became catabolic. It started eating away at me. And I noticed that I was isolating myself more and more and developing and turning into this kind of bitter, angry dude. And I was, you know, I was just I was thinking very judgmental. And I was thinking, this is, this is a problem. Yeah. And my friend Doig, uh, he said to me, he's like, Luke, what I've observed is a thing that got you to this level of success is starting to be your undoing. And I was like, wow. And, and so over the last year, I've been doing a lot of personal development and kind of shedding that armor of collaboration. I'm embracing territories, entering partnerships, having people collaborate, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. reaching out. And it's completely changing. Yeah, I think of it as rap songs. You know, they always got these these people they're collaborating <laughs> with, especially when they yes. start out, right? They're always trying to, you know, be the feature, be the, you know, I think of it like that. <laughs> that <laughs> I love it. I love that reference. I love that reference. Speaking of personal development, yep. you um, have you have you sought out a, a mentor or like, um, I guess like a business coach? Is that something you've gone through? Yeah, so, absolutely. When did you decide to do that? I started working with Iman. I want to say. 2012, 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. What what He's triggered you corner. to seek one out so early? That's you started your business in I want to say 2010, 2011. Yeah, 2010, 2011. So two right years away. into it, you saw. So how, yeah. Well, how did you get there? Because I'm just getting there now, seven years in. How how did you get there so early? We could have been in different circumstances. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, what happened for me is I was at a point. So I was bartending, going through university. That's why I paid my way through school. Yeah. Started. The, Got laid off, started my business. Let's uh, turn that off. We're still good. We're still good. Go. Let me, um, I wonder if that's going to happen again. Let me just turn yeah. that off. Put it on silent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that that's going to do it. Hopefully that dummy doesn't call us back. <laughs> Oops. Sorry, go ahead. So, starting off, but what happened was I started my business. Yeah. Very optimistic. My first year, I was going to make 55000 uh, Year two was about... Uh, yeah, year two was like 150 Year three, I'd be making uh, 250 <laughs> Did not go anywhere close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured. I figured. Uh, year one, I was at about $15,000. Okay, that's so, what... I think I did twelve. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah. Okay, so what happened was I went and I was, uh, I was at a friend's birthday party at the Boathouse restaurant. And I walk in and it's a friend of mine that I trained him to bartend when I was working in nightclubs. Okay. And he came up to me and he's like, hey, Luke, I know you started a business. I don't know how it's going, but if you need a job, you need some cash flow, I'll hire you. And I'm like, dude, I hired you. I'm sorry, I trained you back yeah. up. I trained you to bartend. Now, you think I'm going to yeah, work yeah. for you? Go to a restaurant? No, no, no. Ego, right? Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't making any money. Mm -hmm. And so what you happened that was... $15,000. That's not... Yeah, for a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's pre-tax too. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross. So... We're sitting there and, and, and I sat back and I'm like, no, I need this job. So what happened was I was back. I went to work 
three nights uh, a week at a restaurant. Good for you. Swallowed my pride. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Doing that. And then it got to a point where I was at a, a talk and Iman was explaining his, his business coaching and he was starting a new program. I didn't know the guy, but I connected with the story. Yeah. And I had to run out of the event uh, for a baptism. And at lunch, I went to the, the guy on the side of the table. I'm like, hey, I want to I'm gonna sign up. And they're like, you can't. Uh, we're not the offer. You got to wait till the end. I'm like, look, dude, I got to go. I have an event. Yeah. I want to sign up. Here's my credit card. So they put it through. And I remember it was uh, 2250 bucks, which was like a massive amount Ooh. for me. Yeah, it was massive. And I was sitting there. And I remember I walked out, and the one thing that came to me was, I believe in myself. Yeah. Like, I know what I can do. I also know that I need structure. I have no background in business. I have no idea what I'm doing. I grew up in a place that was not about business at all. Mm-hmm. And so, I believe in myself, and I know that somebody that has structure. Yeah. It, it's either I'm going to do this, or I'm going to invest the money, and I'm going to leave it. And so, I invested, and it honestly, I went in, I worked with them. I made one, he, he made a suggestion to do an upsell. So I used to do a, like a one day event, low cost event. And he's like, look, you have to do a second tier program. I'm like, okay, and it was $500 a person. And I did that and there was 12 people in the room and six of them signed up. And I remember at the end of the day, I said, oh my God, I just made $3,000. Like I was in tears. Boom. They walked out, I was in tears. I was sitting there crying. <laughs> and I'm like, I made like two months salary yes. working at the restaurant in one day. And that completely changed my world because it be- talk about hope. It became real. Yeah. I have real, real money in front of me that I just made, and that shifted the whole thing. Oh, I wish I had discovered. I, I still am trying to find a business coach, trying to find somebody who's, um, I don't know, uh, suitable. I suppose someone who, uh, someone described it to me once. They said you want somebody who is. And I'm curious if you agree with this. Somebody who is where you want to be right now in business, but also in their personal life. Like it's somebody you respect and somebody you aspire or admire. Um, you aspire to be or admire. And that's kind of what I've been sort of looking for. Do you agree with that? 100%. Yeah. For me with coaching, here's the thing. I feel that information is abundant and it's cheap. Yeah. There's no value in information. I want to. I can Google anything. Sure. So for me, when I'm selecting somebody, I connect on emotion first. My, I'm more about EQ than the tactics, because if I connect with you, chances are I'm gonna do it. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to let you down. Yeah. And I want to yeah, take yeah. action. You want to disappoint that yeah. person. That's I want to do that. I want to. I want to take. I want us to celebrate the success. Mm-hmm. So if I've connected with, so for me, it's about personality. So all those yeah. elements. Do I connect with you? Do I resonate with where you are? Do I? Are you where I want to be? Good, because if you don't know the way, you're wasting my time. Yeah, yeah. So even with that, with Iman, it's we've had a like a good connection, a friendship now for four years. But literally from that, it's all been about that connection. Because I look at it as mentorship and coaching. It's about accountability and support. Like an accountability partner. It's so, accountability and support. Yeah. You know, and I know, we know what we can do. Yeah. We know that there's tactics that we can implement. Sure. Sure. But the biggest thing is, for, for me. As, a, as an entrepreneur, it's isolation, and that leads to complacency. Yeah. So if I have someone that I know, I'm checking Especially when you're working at home. 100%. Yes. So I'm going to meet with you on Friday. Guess what? 
<laughs> Thursday, I'm really focused. Yeah. I will be getting things done. You're getting your shit done. Yeah, because I don't want to show up and be like, oh, yeah. I don't want to come up and be an excuse merchant and tell you all these things that I, you know, oh, I could have done this, oh, this, that. No. Especially when you've committed, you put that credit card down. Yes. Which, from from what I understand, is something you're really good at. I was told this story, um, and I, actually, maybe maybe you'll tell it, um, about... You, you, you told Rob, yeah. uh, I was talking to Rob, he says, you said to Rob, I'm going to quit chocolate. I'm not going to have any more chocolate. And, and he's like, this dude, he's so committed. When he says he's going to do yeah. something, he just, he just does it. And he, he doesn't just do it. He takes it to like this whole other yeah. level that nobody takes it to. And he's like, he, came over to, my, he came, came over to my place that day or the day after, and he brought me all the chocolate he had in his house. He brought me a, a box. That, he had like three chocolate cookies. Yeah. Three chocolate cookies. And he's like, I would have just eaten those chocolate cookies and said, and said um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to finish these cookies. So I don't want to waste them. I'm going to finish these cookies <laughs> and then I'll start it. But no, <laughs> you brought all of it over to his house. Yeah. Is, that, is that more or less how it went? Man, that's true. That was, on, uh, that was recently. Yeah, because yeah, I sat there and I'm like, I went this. I saw this thing with Joe Rogan yeah. talking about eating healthy and, and diet. And he's like, you allow that. Uh, he's like, you, because with cigarettes, sure. you don't allow that in your body. So why are you allowing food that's not nutritious? And I'm like, I just sat there. I'm like, I don't know. Why am I allowing that? Because he's like, nobody's forcing you to eat the, the, you know, the chocolate or the cookie. And he was oh. saying, one of the things too, he said, was it's the trade-off of temporary mouth pleasure sure. for long-term health uh, consequences. And I was like, wow, it just, it just really connected with me. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, if you kind of, if you frame it with cigarettes, and I know that's kind of, yeah. it, it might be... Or meth, or drugs. Like, <laughs> well, like, that's even taking it you further. Could buy, you could buy those things. But it's like, you know not to put those in your body. Why, right. is, why, why does this have to be any different? Like, we've made a decision not to smoke tobacco, for example. Um, so why, why is chocolate? Why is, you know, processed foods? Why is McDonald's? Why is, no offense to McDonald's, <laughs> why, why, why is that okay? I mean, they still don't do any good for certain, right? So, interesting. Yeah, it was just a shift. It's thinking about it too, of like the, you know, like a high-performance car. Why would I put crappy gas? Like you wouldn't. And so I don't know. It's just it's a, I like that too. It's it's just thinking about it because one thing that's been shifting recently is um, actually I recently committed to even another coach you don't even know about yeah. yet, but it was like a higher <laughs> ticket uh, investment. Yeah, yeah. And that has changed my entire way I show up because I'm like, okay, now I I'm, I'm more serious about things. And so it, I I feel it all. You look at the top success stories, they're executing a business, they're they're having good relationships, uh, and they're typically quite healthy. Yeah. Because I don't think if you're to execute at that level, but you're you know uh, very overweight, you're eating bad foods. I don't think you have the energy to execute or the clarity, the mental clarity. Shit in, shit out, right? Yeah, I, that makes sense. Now into got a couple weird questions. Perfect. I like weird. And these are kind of weird. Let's get um, weird. Let's start. Let's start not so weird, okay. and then we'll get really weird. <laughs> Advice to your twenty-year-old self. I always like this one. This is a popular one. 20-year-old self. 20-year-old. So if I was 20, I was just starting in the nightclub days. <laughs> and uh, I moved to Mexico when I was 22. Oh, yeah, I remember so that. So that would have been, you know, it, it, when I was 20, I, I would have been, I would have told myself to just have more fun. 
Really? Yeah. You moved to Mexico and you're telling yourself to have more fun? Well, that was it. So from 2022, my entire life was about playing hockey and, and trying to go somewhere with that. And it never went anywhere. But you moved to Mexico. After, oh, that because was I got 22. Burnt, 22, because okay, I got burnt yeah, yeah, out yeah, yeah, and depressed yeah, yeah. and I was okay. all angry. And I'm like, forget this. I'm going to move out. I want to talk about that hockey thing. Tell me more. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's Rob talking about being an extremist yeah. and everything. That's one thing I'm really extreme. I'm yeah, all yeah, in said that. or I'm out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it can bring up some issues, of course, uh, erratic behaviors <laughs> and, and ruffling people the wrong way. But th- at its core, it's all from a good place. So that yeah. being said, from 18 to about 22, yeah. uh, I was playing hockey. I was doing, a, you know, the local junior tryouts. I was a hockey sure. goalie. And I remember I was in, in uh, summer. I was at... Uh, in Delta, there's a guy, Ron Johnson, a really great hockey trainer. And he sat down with me after. And he's like, look, he's like, Lucas, you got a good personality. You're an intelligent kid. He's like, hockey's not your future. He's like, if it was, you would have already been in, you know, some big teams. You've moving forward. He's like, just, you know, go back to school. Get an education. Build your future. And I was like, oh, that, that hurt. But it's also very good advice. Um, I didn't listen. <laughs> and I went and I was trying to go to Italy. That was my big thing. I wanted to go to Italy and I kept... To play hockey in Italy? To get... Okay. Yeah, because I, I have an Italian passport. Sure. So I can go there and be a national. Yeah. But then they kept changing the rules where I would count as an import. I, have, I had no chance to make it there as an import because you're competing against you know, guys that were in the NHL or close to sure, it. Sure, sure. I was nowhere there. But compared to the average Italian... Did you have aspirations to the NHL? I, I wouldn't have made it. Okay. That, that was not going to happen. But you didn't think that back then? I or? did think that. I was just trying to go to Italy. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to go to Italy. But what happened was, so I kept grinding through. And I remember it was summer. I was in this training. And, and two things happened. Uh, one was a, I had a real big awakening. Uh, I was doing a training program. And one of the trainers, Carlo, he came up to me. And he's like, Lucas, why are you still doing this? Like, what, what's your, your, your drive behind this? And I said to him, like, Carlo, I just put so many years into this. I need to, to make it happen. And he stopped me and he said, he said a, a statement that stung and it made complete sense. He turned to me and he goes, Lucas, nobody owes you a fucking thing. He goes, there are a lot of people that are a lot better than you in hockey that never made it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the moment that you focus on, he's like, you put in so many years and you're owed that, you're never going to make it. Hmm. And it's that entitlement. And, yeah. I, and I see this in business too. When people aren't executing, putting themselves out there, but they're like, I've been in business for five years or 10 years or 15 years. Like I should be making more. No, you shouldn't. And I think it's Tony Robbins talks about that. It's like your income's proportionate to whatever you're putting out there. It's like, if you yeah. want to make more money, you got to have a you know, solve a bigger problem. Have yeah. a if you want to make a billion dollars, you got to help a billion people. Yeah. yeah. You got to have a bigger impact. And so it was Carlo with that entitlement that nobody owes me anything. And then it was Ron Johnson with the, um, you know, you got to give this up. But so what happened was I kept trying to put myself out there and it was actually my goalie coach, Murray. He said to me, he was like, Lucas, you keep getting the runaround in Italy. There's only one way this is going to work. You got to pack up your belongings, buy a plane ticket, fly to Italy and just show up at tryouts and be like, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Because that's the only way, that's the only chance you have. Otherwise drop the dream. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety and my fears, I never took action on that. Hmm. And what happened was I got more and more bitter and angry. And then I saw an ad for Club Med and I went and I applied and I ended up getting a job flying out to, because what happened was I sat there, I was at, at the end of a training day and I'm sitting, why am I doing this? And my, my parents were, I was talking to them and they're like, why are you putting yourself through this? Like, what's your goal? And I realized that I actually didn't love playing hockey because the fun had been taken out of it, filled with all this 
the disappointments over yeah. the years. It was, I just wanted to travel. And as soon as that came up, I became open and free to, to go different avenues. And then I'm like, I can just go work at a resort. I did that and took off. Do you, was that just, it just sort of happened that way? Or like, do you think, let's, let's say you didn't get that job at, at Club Med. Do you think you would have sort of found your way anyways? Or I so, no, I wouldn't have traveled. It, at that point, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna go, it's either this works, I took a flyer, I went for a group audition, yeah. uh, I got a call saying that I was in. Funny story of that, I said I was in, I quit my job at the club, and they said, okay, you'll be assigned in two weeks. <laughs> Three weeks go by, I haven't heard from them. I call them like, hey, when am I uh, going out? They're like, all the positions have been filled. If you haven't heard from us, uh, I'm like, but you told me that <laughs> I was in. They're like, I'm really sorry, I don't know what to say. She's like, okay, well, I'll keep you in mind if, you know, if something comes up. Two days later, I got a call. Hey, Lucas, it's so-and-so from Club Med. Hey, we have an opportunity. Somebody just left our resort in Mexico. Uh, are you, you'd be leaving in three days. Are you open to leave? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And she's like, great. It's in Cancun. You leave in three days. I'll send you a ticket now. Mm -hmm. Boom. Went, got it. Changed my life. Hmm. Interesting. I think what I'm sort of trying to get at is I think a lot of people can can get stuck wanting maybe the wrong thing or thinking they want something and yeah. they don't necessarily do and I mean it could be a relationship for example where you you put in you put in the years right and you're young so you you think that well fuck I put I put six years I put seven years I put eight years into this that's I mean for you that's fucking eternity right mm -hmm. how I'm trying to figure out the question here how do you or how do you recommend um, finding your club med, I guess? Yeah. So even with that, I mean... Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. So what I'm hearing is that there's tough decisions people have to make. Yeah. And so relationships, that's a common one. People say like, oh, I've been dating them for years. But, you know, it's either I don't want to break up with them because I'm going to let them down. Yeah. Or I'm afraid of being alone. So I'll just, I'll tolerate this subpar relationship sure sure and we see it, it's people and when i look around the world too people are they're they're living but they're not really alive mm -hmm. if you know what i mean yeah they're just going through the day-to-day -day. it's yeah. complacency it's tolerating you know the, their life instead of saying what is it? but this is actually my business coach which is why you want a business coach he had me sit down and go what's important he has me craft my ideal day where i want to be in 10 years because he's saying if you don't proactively create and craft your vision of your future and have milestones to get there, yeah. you're just going to settle for what comes your way. Mm -hmm. And he's like, most people stuck and they just settle. You have to be proactive. You have to. So even with that, it, my whole thing with the meditation, sure. even the Vipassana meditation, I do silent retreats. When you quiet the mind, that's when you get clarity. Because I feel that everybody, deep down, they know what's right. But it's the phone, it's the videos, it's the, the computers. We're in a world of distraction yeah. that we're just distracting ourselves from getting into where we need to go. But you sit back, you quiet the mind, go to a yoga class, go for a walk by yourself. You're going to get clear on what's right for you. I never take the time to do that. Like my mind, like books are the closest thing I get to peace, but it's, it's not peace because you're, you're taking in inputs. You're taking yeah. inputs. You're processing inputs, right? There's no... How can I apply this? Absolutely, right? It's gonna be uh, gonna be my mission now. I'm gonna find 20 minutes just to chill 
maybe around noon hour or something like that. I like that. Or you come to with, come to a yoga class with me. I have been with a yoga class. It, at the, t- the time that I went, I remember just being like, what the fuck is she <laughs> saying? Like she was chanting some weird, I, 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 just, I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't, I, I but I was, it was a, a much sort of more immature version of myself. I don't remember what class that was, but... Uh, it was one at Y-Yoga, I think. Okay. Well, Y-Yoga has a great classes, for the record. Yeah, no, they do. I, I've been to a couple really, yes. really good ones since. Um, well, I think, I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to end up there. Um, I think the last thing I want to end with is... Uh, my understanding of, of this audience is it tends to be... Um, the people that are watching this, you guys, tend to be budding entrepreneurs. Yep. Folks that are just like right on that, that, that fence, right? You know, they may they're probably working um, a, a job right now and they're just looking for that, that maybe just 10 hours a week, right? Which might end up being more, which would be great. But for now, they're just, they're just looking for that, that, that to get over that hump, to do that, to find that thing. To what, what would you recommend to somebody that's, that's there? So they're working nine to five, but they, their passion is... To be yeah, they, they, they feel like they've got this, 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 these entrepreneurial tendencies, I suppose, and they're itching for it, but they're scared. Um, they've got all those, those, those anxieties. Yeah. So to that, you, when you look at it, and, and this is my personal opinion, some people yeah, might disagree sure. with it, but I remember I was working at a restaurant, yeah. bartending, and starting my business. And I went and I asked the, the people uh, in, in my co-working space, I go, um, do you think I should just quit the job and go, you know, all in or should I try to do both or whatever? And it was the one guy who's typically, he was the, the least performing entrepreneur in the group. And this guy gave always the, uh, I would never, I would never aspire to be anything around sure, this guy. Sure. It was funny. People were like, oh, you know, you could do both this. And he's like, no, you need to burn the ship and turn, you know, blaze the path yeah, and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like, no, you Jump have to off. go all in or nothing. And I'm yeah. like, oh man, I'm like, okay. You just sealed the fate because now I will not do that because it's like <laughs> this guy I would never lose anything he said. So what what it was though? See, I feel that on the entrepreneurial journey, there's steps. In the beginning, you have so many insecurities and fears, like you mentioned, sure. because you don't have certainty, you don't have a product, you don't have clients, you haven't really sold it yet, mm-hmm. you don't have a a system, and so I actually feel that it's important to have that some type of income coming in because as much as people say, oh, it clouds your mind and you know, it, it distracts you from a path. Financial stress is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And when you, especially remember when I was starting out, you're going to be tempted to taking on projects and clients that are not a good fit, but it's because rent's due. Yeah, yeah. Like I need to take something on. I'm broke as hell. I need a yeah. client. And that is out of alignment for you and it's going to be counterproductive. So starting out, it's, I'm all about having a part-time job and starting a business because then you have some cash flow. The other thing too, Strip away all anything that's not a necessity. It's like I sold my motorcycle, yeah. sold a lot of stuff because I'm like I don't ramen noodles. I don't need yeah, straight up <laughs> yeah, going yeah. with that because that's building that's building that confidence. Yeah, you know some people want like this confidence switch. It doesn't exist. It's only earned through actions. And if there's anything you you know budding entrepreneurs you want to take on, it's that literally it comes from actions. You take that action on. It's about what is that small step? And so even when I look at it, what are the common traps is entrepreneurs will say, oh, if it's not this, if I'm not executing at this high level, then it's, then it's a failure. And that's not true. It's just map out what's one incremental step that you can take in the right direction. 
put yourself out there. Do a YouTube video. Do a Facebook Live. You know, talk to a guy like Adam. Like whatever it is, put yourself out there, and then that's what's going to happen is your doubts are going to start reducing, mm -hmm. your confidence is starting to start increasing, and, and that's uh, that's going to start you on that path. But it's not long term. It's all about the long term. Yeah. Cool. Well, dude, that's. That's all I had for you. All right. So, well, there's um, no embarrassing stories on there. So <laughs> no, no, I left those out. <laughs> um, obviously, I, I want to give you an opportunity to, to plug yourself to, um, you know, if there's anything that uh, you want to mention, things that you're, you're up to, things that you want people to look up or places to find you. Yeah, okay. Now's your opportunity. Cool. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah. So, I'm Lucas. I'm the company Level Up Living. And... You know, if you find that you're an entrepreneur, you want to get more confidence, put yourself out there, do YouTube, do Facebook Lives. With, in the world that we're in today, it's not so much about competence, it's about confidence. That trumps everything. It's about exposure, it's about getting your message out there. And so that's why most entrepreneurs, if they're struggling or they're not putting themselves out there fully, it's because of a lack of confidence and fear. That's really, the, it's the secret weapon. And I obviously say that in a biased way, but at the same time, it's very true. It's funny, this guy put this question out the other day, he goes, uh, do you think confidence is essential for success in business? I'm like, yeah, you need, like, th th there's no question. Because this is, it's an ex getting client trust, putting yourself out there, executing on, on your thoughts. It all comes down to confidence. But this is what I want to leave your viewers with. While confidence is the goal, the action step you can take right now is courage. That is more important than confidence because that's what, that's what builds confidence. Courage is taking steps in the face of uncertainty. And this is the one trap that keeps most entrepreneurs stuck. They say, well, if I don't know, if I'm not 100% certain that this is gonna be a success, I won't do it. Mm -hmm. That is where you miss all the opportunities and your confidence goes down. Have that courage to go, look, I don't know what's gonna happen. Let's take that step and see. You do that, everything builds off that. It's the worst thing that can happen. Right. No one's gonna watch your videos anyways, right? Start <laughs> out. You want you, 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 nobody's gonna watch. That's the thing. When I started, the last thing, I started my first video, I put it up, took it down like 30 times. I was so anxious for you, like, oh my god, the entire world's gonna watch yeah. it. I haven't told my family. I went around to all my cousins. And I'm like, okay, I gotta sit you down. I'm showing them the video for my website. Yeah. My intro video was just terrible. It's like a nine-minute intro video, it was just horrible. <laughs> I go back a week later, I check my view count on YouTube, it's like nine views. <laughs> So my paranoia and fear was that the entire world was like, I'm not ready for media. I'm not ready for the newspaper. <laughs> and I sit there after a week and it's just yeah. me showing it to my friends and family. I got seven views or whatever. And then I sit there and then it immediately flips from, I don't want the entire world to see to, what are I gonna do to get more views? Yes. So it's an interesting, a lot of the fears are unfounded. So we gotta take action. Cool, man. All right, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll include a link to your website cool. and all that good stuff. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bring us there. Thanks for coming on the show. I Thank appreciate you. it. I Thank love you. talking with you. Yeah, always you, You've got a book in you, I think. Oh, 100%. You, you've definitely got a book in you. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. This was uh, obviously a, a longer one. I'm going to do more of these because, um, well, quite frankly, I enjoy them a hell of a lot more. And, and, and I hope, my, and I, I really hope that you let me know, I hope that you enjoy them too. I think like, bringing on guys like Lucas, he's going to be able to provide something that, that I, I simply don't have that I, I just don't have this information so it gives me an opportunity to kind of take the pressure off I don't have to come up with you know some, something brilliant and uh, and bring a guy like this um, to, to teach us all to teach me as well so it's there's a little sort of selfish component in there as well um, thank you as always thank you for your time thank you for your attention I really appreciate it um, 
Uh, as always, um, we will do another one next week. Um, but until then, um, leave a comment, subscribe, like, all that good stuff. It goes a very, very long way. Have a good one. Peace.